Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed Hey folks, just a trigger warning before we get started. This episode discusses sexual harassment, abuse, and assault. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Survivors of sexual harassment and assault at Lowell High School say they keep seeing the same cycle repeat itself over and over again. The first student who posted on Instagram that I saw, I mean, that would be June 2020. There's a big wave of stories. Things die away for months. People stop talking about it. Then there's another story on Instagram. Then people talk about it again. For almost two years now, there have been waves of protests against sexual harassment and assault. Students are sharing stories and naming their perpetrators. And they say they'll keep up the pressure until the adults at the school and the district make meaningful changes. Today, we'll meet some of the students in San Francisco who are still pushing for a reckoning with sexual harassment and assault. So what happened in San Francisco specifically, I think it was students returning to school again and being sexually harassed by their peers again. Holly J. McDeed is a reporter and producer for KQED. And it kind of just exploded in a way, like all this pent-up frustration and this pent-up trauma. And so at one school, Ruth Asabo School of the Arts in San Francisco, a student there put up posters around campus saying, get abusers off campus. School administrators there took down the posters and that made students even angrier. Uh, Without taking any real action and silencing students only angers us more. So that led to a walkout at Ruth Asabo School of the Arts, which eventually led to walkouts at other schools. My thought process was kind of like, there are so many supporters here, and I'm sure that they would listen if I were to speak up, especially at that time. So Vian Wen, she is a senior at Lowell High School. She's 17. She mentioned that she was seeing her peers walk out of class, and that inspired her to share her experience with harassment and assault on Instagram. A big part of it was actually naming my abuser, but it was also about the things that he did to me and my experiences with that. So I did mention um, some abuse or sexual harassment specifically that happened on campus in school, which included like in the hallways. The basic details are that 
she was in a relationship with a classmate and during that relationship he became abusive physically and mentally she describes allegations of of sexual abuse in the post as well she also shared screenshots of messages he sent that were racist and homophobic and she included photos in the post it was more of a way to get more people that actually knew him to be aware um of his behavior because maybe they weren't actually aware of what he's done they don't know what kind of person he really is and i also wanted to protect others that might be associated with him in the future so it's kind of like a warning she really put the time to make sure there was as much i guess documentation for what she experienced as possible so I was on Instagram after, when she shared her her story there, and I just saw like all the students that I was following sharing her story too. I was flooded with messages and comments, and they were telling me things like, oh, you're a hero, or you're the bravest person I know, or even like, you really inspired me to finally speak up about my own story. And I didn't expect such a huge amount of support from friends and complete strangers alike. I mean, at this point, over 7,000 people have liked her story, and it's still public, so people have seen this. Staying quiet has not really done anything for me. And if I didn't say anything about this, yeah, no one would have known the things that my abuser was capable of, and nothing will change. And then there was pretty much an immediate wave of other students sharing their experiences too. And then within days, there were protests, walkouts happening at Lowell and other schools in the district as well. So she posts this on Instagram. Did she also report her her case? And who did she report it to? And kind of what happened to that? I mean, the first thing that happened that I should mention is that there were, soon after that, rumors that that person was going to bring a gun to school. So the next day... A lot of students actually didn't go to school. The school district has said those were there was were just rumors, but nonetheless they did increase police presence outside the school. But Vienne thought it was important to go to school to show that like she wasn't afraid anymore. I was kind of like in a slight panic the morning of coming to school. I was super nervous, but I also wanted to show that I wasn't scared and I had done nothing wrong and that I could pull through. She had reported the abuse. The school investigated. She reported in November. The investigation wrapped up recently in February. Basically, the district determined that there was not enough evidence about an on-campus harassment. They said that they could not really do anything when assault harassment occurs off-campus. What they described in the report, they said the messages that were shared were very concerning. The district said that they did take some steps, like making sure that she had emotional support, counseling, things like that. Meanwhile, the person who allegedly abused her, who was in her class, he stopped going to school. She she hasn't seen him since. What did she tell you about how she felt about that outcome? She was very, very disappointed. I've done a lot to try and get the story out, took a lot of effort, but maybe it came to nothing. 
she said she spoke to other students, asking them also to share their experiences with the the alleged abuser. So she gave it her all, hoping that something would happen. But it feels like to her, the school has basically said, I'm sorry, this is very bad, but there's nothing we can do. So the adults had their chance to prove to us that they could do something and make a change. But so far, I'm only faced with more disappointment and more performative actions. And she wanted disciplinary action. I mean, but then he's also hasn't been at school. So so it's almost like her sharing her experience online did more than what the school could do officially. I've actually learned that social media media is a really powerful place to share your voice, to share your opinions. And it has a lot more effects, especially on this generation. Um, of spreading awareness and um, spreading word about especially really, really important topics. And it does initiate a really big potential to start a change. So it sounds like Vianne's story was one of many that students shared during this kind of series of walkouts and protests by San Francisco Unified students last fall. What systemic problems do these students see when it comes to how their schools and the district deals with sexual harassment and assault? So there's a few things. I mean, I think the main theme I've been hearing from students in San Francisco specifically is a feeling that there's not as much follow-up after they report abuse. So I've heard from students who felt like they were the ones who had to keep checking in with their counselors and like saying, what's happened with my case? Can you tell me where this is at? I think schools sometimes are limited what they can share legally because of privacy concerns. But I, I just think that students feel like they're filing these reports and they're kind of going to a black hole. And it's like, well, why did I even bother? Aside from wanting more regular updates on their cases, students want all athletes to sign a waiver essentially saying that they understand the consequences if they do commit misconduct. More consent training for for athletes. They also want there to be a way for the district to adopt consequences even when cases occur off campus. The district has said, and I think it is true in San Francisco, there's more consent education than in a lot of districts across the state. But nonetheless, they they feel like students are still not getting the message. There's still not enough consent training, especially when it comes to athletes. Can you actually talk maybe a little bit more about why these students are focusing on on athletes and sports specifically? So the focus on sports, and this is something I've heard from students in almost every school I've covered, they're focusing on athletes because a lot of the allegations do involve students who are on sports. I mean, the students at Lowell says it's like your traditional movie about a high school where athletes are kind of idolized, admired, and so they feel like that's allowed them to kind of get away with abuse and no one questions their behavior, and, and now they're, they're starting to, to question it. Yeah, like this sense that like male athletes are, uh, I assume, untouchable almost. Exactly. (laughs) 
Holly, what has the school district said in response to these students' allegations and demands? When I've reached out to the district, they say they follow all um, Title IX guidelines, which are the guidelines that are made on the federal level over gender discrimination in schools. The school district has also mentioned because of regulations that were adopted during the Trump administration, they're somewhat limited. Under current Title IX regulations, sexual harassment, to be considered sexual harassment, it has to be severe, pervasive, and objectively offensive, so much that it effectively denies a person equal access to education. So that rules out a lot of types of harassment Mm. that is outside the, the district scope. So they've pointed that out, saying their hands are tied by that, as well as other state and federal laws. Um, there is some hope that those those regulations will change. And what the district has done is they are actually going to create a committee of students that will focus on addressing sexual harassment in their schools. And one of the focus will be helping students advocate for changes they want to see on the state and federal level around these issues. I hear that that feedback and I and this is a way to for students who are interested in these issues to have a voice. Kiki Williams is the district's Title IX coordinator, so she handles cases related to sexual harassment and assault. I believe both professionally and personally that the best way that we're going to see changes is really to have um, the students um, be upstanders and, um, you know, change the narrative. She wanted me to know that the district is working on this and they really do value what students are saying. And one of the reasons that they're moving forward with this committee is just seeing the activism that's been taking place in San Francisco and wanting students to have a direct role in what their district does. We want as many people who who are interested in this issue personally or on the issue as a whole to um, participate. So we're, we're excited. Coming up, what students themselves are doing to fill in gaps in accountability. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. 
So there is kind of the beginnings of this student-run committee within the district. But how have students stepped up to fill in the gaps that they've identified in the meantime? One thing that students felt like was a big problem is when people file complaints, they often didn't know what happened afterwards. So what the student council at Lowell High School did was they set up a kind of tracking system. As members of a community, it is our responsibility to help keep others safe. So I talked to a a Lowell senior named Adriana Zhang about this. We're still in the beginning stages of developing the system because we put it together on a whim. And essentially, the idea is when students go to report a complaint, they can opt to have members of student council notified that the complaint has been filed. And the council will be able to check in with administrators and kind of, in a sense, police them to do their job and make sure that, you know, they're advocating for the cases to be resolved. And it's just a way of students um, being able to track different reports and make sure that people are actually followed up with. I think the most successful part is that we're keeping it in the administration's front of mind. Like, I know that they are definitely still working on it and they assure us they are. So hopefully that's true. I'm curious just what Adriana says in general about what she wants to see from the district as it relates to sexual harassment. I mean, like... She's just a student and she's like stepping into this really, I feel like, intense role. I mean, what does she want to see from the district? Adriana wants to see the district take more initiative. I mean, she actually is kind of, she said, confused by the fact that the district wants to create a committee of students who will focus on harassment and assault because she feels like you should be doing this. Students really had to be the ones to take action or make the change possible, which is kind of ridiculous because that's their job to keep students safe. I mean, so that was her reaction. I mean, some students obviously really like that such a committee exists, but she just feels like adults need to step up. I mean, Adriana has met with the San Francisco Police Department. She's met with Board of Supervisors. She's met with pretty much everyone she can around this issue. And she just feels like on the big picture level, she wants adults to take more initiative. Another example at Lowell is the peer resource class, uh, which is essentially a social justice class. Students in, in it work on a number of different issues like around equity, racial justice, things like that. And so this year, one of the classes wanted to focus on sexual harassment and assault. It really takes a toll on you. There are a lot of blood, sweat, and tears put into that, into the movement. I spoke with Risa Tayag, who was a, lo- a little senior. She's, she's in that class. And I mean, essentially, she just said that it became too much. A lot of tears were just put into the process because it was so emotional. Like, everybody had a story. The peer resource class, that particular class that Risa was in, essentially they decided that it was just too much to try to address sexual assault and harassment in part because one of the people in the class was accused of assault. So that just became really, really difficult and really emotional to try to deal with that. And so we kind of got like stuck. We saw just a lot of negatives coming out of us having sexual assault and sexual harassment as a focus where we had to stop. 
I mean, in talking to Teresa, she said she stepped away from her own activism a little bit because there would just be nights where she couldn't sleep. You're like, okay, I didn't get this done today. I, I just, how come it's not working? How come, like, I can't get through to people? I mean, so Holly, what does resolving a case look like right now for students if these student-run processes are overwhelming and students don't feel like adults are doing enough? I think social media is just where students are going to keep turning to. I mean, it seems like they haven't totally given up on the process. I mean, they want to at least give it a shot. But at the end of the day, if they report a case and there's no discipline in their minds, like, what was the point? Whereas social media, there's a direct impact. So using social media to find accountability has been extremely messy for students who've been trying to do this. I mean, some students who've uh, shared either their experiences online or their peers' experiences have faced legal threats. And then there are always concerns from from parents of the the people who are accused as far as how it's impacting their education because some of the students who've been accused say like they've been really ostracized bullied threatened as a result of that i mean so that just raises a host of legal concerns and i mean safety concerns for for everyone i mean this can get really intense I think students don't want social media to be the place where they go for justice. I I think they want adults they can trust to support them, and they want an official process where they can actually see some results. Right. Like, this is is limited. It's limited, and I think it's also sad for a lot of them, because the first student who posted on Instagram— At Lowell High School that I saw, I mean, that would be June 2020. So there's a big wave of stories. Things die away for months. People stop talking about it. Then there's another story on Instagram. Then people talk about it again. So I think kind of the the waves of stories and the weight can die down, I think for them shows that this is also limited in some ways when it comes to keeping the momentum going and forcing their schools to act. And I think it's it's sad for a lot of them to see. Okay, Holly, I mean, we've been talking about so much happening around this issue over the past two years, but I also know there was a more recent controversy in the past couple of weeks that shows how much students are still thinking about this. Can you tell us what happened with that? So what happened was there was a story in Lowell's student newspaper, essentially about whether or not their activism has made a difference at Lowell High School. And so in that story, they talked to a football coach about sexual assault allegations on the team. His name is Danny Chan. And the coach is quoted as saying, but just like Elsa of the Disney movie Frozen, the past is in the past. So the the coach quoted a Disney movie to, to make a point about sexual assault. And he says, I don't know what these kids do. And again, they're kids. And so that made a lot of students really angry. And so a group of students decided that they would go to a championship basketball game to protest. And they say security threatened to call the police on them. 
And they say the principal came out and said they would be disciplined if they brought the signs. The district has said that the principal acted within policy and in the best interest of students by making sure that the basketball players could continue playing. A few days later, they held another walkout at Lowell High School where they brought their protest posters to to the walkout again. Do you think this issue is any closer to being resolved? I think students will say it's moving very, very slowly, but it's going somewhere. Like that they've made a difference. I mean, a lot of the students working on this are going to graduate this year. So I think they're focused on making sure that there's leaders who can kind of take over when they're gone and keep trying. I would say that, without a doubt, the culture at these schools has changed. I mean, there's been three walkouts at Lowell High School before. And if you look back at the last 10 years at Lowell, there have not been that many protests or that many walkouts. So I think the culture at Lowell has definitely shifted. I I think policy changes is where they feel like things are still moving really slowly. I think students are teaching adults that if adults don't take action in a really meaningful way, that students are going to continue using Instagram as a platform to get their message out there. And I don't think that students are going to stop naming perpetrators, speaking out on Instagram. So that's going to be something that schools are going to have to figure out. I mean, the main lesson is is always that students, when they're not heard, are going to find some other way to be listened to. Holly, thank you so much. Thank you. That was Holly J. McDeed, a reporter and producer for KQED. This episode of The Bay was produced and cut by editor Alan Montecilio and Maria Esquinca, who scored this episode and added the tape. You can stay in touch with me, Maria, and Alan via email. We're at thebay at kqed.org and on Twitter at thebayKQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening, y'all. Peace. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfatah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.